Hey everyone, welcome to the Laying Foundations podcast. This is your co-host, Davis Hambrick. Joining alongside me today is Walker Lott. What's up, Walker? <laughs> What's up, Davis? How is your little day, pause. man? It's been good, man. I'm the new apartment, just so That's that right. y'all can actually see. Look, I got a bunch boxes. of boxes. Boxes That's on right. boxes. That's right. What about you? What you been up to? Oh, man. It's been a good day. Not a lot of people are in the office. Got to go tour a... a, a vendor of ours facility they're like really? 15 okay. minutes down the road so that's pretty cool got to see uh, control panels i don't know a lot about control panels uh but i got to learn a little bit about them and, and see that what they cool. look like and how they work so that was a lot of fun got to eat lunch there too and get to know the guy that uh we've that's been working cool. back and forth with so that was sweet that was, that was a good time i enjoyed it right. you didn't tell me about that you said you i know man i day. just thought about it it was yeah it was <laughs> a lot of fun it was out of nowhere too you know it's building relationships one of the uh, engineers in the office or i just met him yesterday and he's like hey why don't you i'll send you the invite why don't you come there's a lunch and learn for the engineering team cool. but you're invited so i was like sweet let's do it <laughs> i'm in yeah i mean um, that's like a lot about the theme kind of what we talked about today you know exactly. at, at least toward the end of the podcast was talking about how important relationships is and man just in construction you just have such an opportunity it really is a, a small industry. I know there's what I think it's seven million people in the United States. I don't know. I might have just made that up. Let's let's throw that one out. But there's there's a certain amount of millions in the United States that work in construction, like trades involved. But yeah. it just seems like the world gets so much smaller because you just start to meet more and more people the longer you're in this industry. And that's exactly right. This industry is about relationships. And we learned that more and more today uh, with Greg and Cameron. You know, Greg and Cameron Cameron started X-Tracker and Greg came on as the uh, fourth employee, I believe, that works with them. And they met through relationships, like we just said. I don't know why the things become relationships today, but it has. And, and so we got to learn a little bit about their story. They spent a lot of years in the construction and they saw a problem. Uh, and wanted to solve it and then they did and they went out and did it and went out and started X-Tracker so we get to learn a little bit more about them and their story uh, and their company as well they work for uh, and develop on a daily basis so guys I'm super pumped and excited to let y'all hear about it let y'all learn a little bit more about them but without further ado Greg and Cameron. Before we get started with today's episode we're happy to announce that the Laying Foundations podcast will be starting season three near the end of June. We are excited for another season to serve our audience and equip the next generation of builders. If you're interested in partnering with the Laying Foundations and becoming a sponsor for season three of the podcast, reach out to us by clicking on the show notes email address, contact at laying-foundations.com where we can get in touch. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Guys, you know, let's kind of shift here and kind of as we wind down, I want to hear about you know, ramping up your personal competency and leadership. So I know you both work for GCs and now we're starting this new role. Uh, Greg being as the director and Cameron, you being the CEO, it's got to be a first, right? This has never happened for either one of y'all. So what has it been like now being in charge of of teams? And uh, I mean, Cameron as the CEO of your company and, uh, and, and then Greg as the director, what has that been like leadership wise? Yeah, I mean, I, I can quickly go first. And, you know, Greg is, uh, you know, seeing it from a slightly different perspective. But, you know, I think construction does prepare you for a, a lot of things. Um, in construction, you deal with all walks of, of life, right? You deal with your client, you deal with the architect, you deal with the teams on site, uh, you deal with your own internal company. And so as a project manager, part of your job is being a diplomat and just managing everyone's expectations, everyone's uh, uh, just everything, right? And so you kind of do develop some of those skills to 
help manage and organize and, and lead. Um, construction is a very unique industry in the style of how leadership is done a lot. And it doesn't always directly translate to the same leadership style of a software company. So I think I've had to make some of that, you know, adjustment as, as well. Um, which is tough. So I'm, you know, I, I went to Cal Poly, our motto is learn by doing. I've definitely been learning as I'm doing this job, this new role. You know, during the pandemic, we went from, you know, when Greg jumped on, it was beginning of 2020, he was the fourth person. And uh, wow, we have like over 30 now. So, and we've hired everyone remote, which is like a whole different, you know, right. ball of, of wax and challenge. A lot of our team members we haven't even met yet, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, we're starting to do more team meetups, which is really fun, but, but yeah, no, it's, it's a, it's a totally new uh, challenge. It's fun, but, uh, but I do think, you know, people in construction, uh, especially if you're passionate about your job, you can organically develop a lot of leadership skills that will apply to like whatever you do in life. And so I think people in construction underestimate just how much you're exposed to, um, you know, every business you build a building for you're exposed to their business, you know, I think uh, people in construction are a front row seat to learn a lot, and it's really up to you to absorb it and, uh, and and let it build on itself. So, yeah, you know, I think the cool thing about construction is like there's as much knowledge as you want to get out there. Like, like if you're a project engineer, you know, learn as much as you can about every trade, right? On the project, learn from your project exec, learn from your interactions with the owner, learn from the interactions with subcontractors, and it is really unique and there's so many leadership opportunities out there. And what I've learned too, I was like, Oh, I'm getting into sales. I've never done sales before. But when I look back, like I was doing sales at those positions too. I was selling yeah, owners right. on choosing us as a contractor. I was selling subs on working with us for you know, some of their other backlog or whatever the, the case. I'm negotiating change orders. Yeah. Yeah. The other, the other big thing is the problem solving. Like it's one of the unique industries where like you have to solve some complex problems, no matter what position you are. I'd say my only advice is, you know, there's always some certain skills that apply across the board, like public speaking, for example, stuff like that, that I would say most, you know, Clark had a great leadership program that kind of yeah, took you through a lot of these things. So if, if your company has that, definitely take advantage of it. But, you know, the relationship is such a huge thing that you get in construction with, um, you know, repeat business and, you know, with the owners you worked with, but also with the subcontractors you work with. So I think there's some cool opportunities, no matter what position you are on, on a job site um, for leadership opportunities. But, you know, there's definitely, there's definitely no shortage of opportunities to learn the well-rounded skills that no matter what industry you're in, they're going to apply. Right. I think it's funny because I, today uh, we have our intern and he was talking to me and he was talking about our superintendent and he was talking about, well, man, I guess it's kind of tough. You know, he's got to know when to really push that guy and when to back off this sub. And, you know, it's really hard. How do y'all put all that together? And I was just like, dude, that's construction right there. Man, you could literally be uh, just like a, a psychologist and try to yep. just break down the dynamic of the project team on all subs, the owners. Like, man, it's so fascinating to me. And that's why I love it. I love the people side of it. I love building, obviously, I'm in the field. But, man, I just love just getting to figure out who this guy is or gal and figure out what makes them tick, what makes them not tick. You know, how do I push them to be better? How do I get them to, to lead them and make me better? And so that's the part that I love and the leadership side you can hear. I mean, I'm just getting a little bit passionate about that. But kind of as we wind down, we always ask these two questions. And Cameron, Greg, whoever wants to take it first, um, if you were going to tell someone that was thinking about coming into the construction industry, 
what are some qualities you think they should have? It's a good question. Greg, why don't you go first? <laughs> Problem solving is, is if you don't have it, you're going to get it quickly. Um, but, you know, kind of going back to what you guys said, like an entrepreneurial spirit, I think is great. Like if I'm, when we were interviewing engineers or PMs to come from other companies, like you could kind of get that sense for just an, a problem solving entrepreneurial attitude or, or outlook on life. So I would say that is, and that's something that's hard to teach. Um, you know, you can kind of get a sense when you meet with someone. Um, and I would say communication, um, the way you communicate internally with your team, but also with, there's going to be a ton of stakeholders on the job. There's, owners, there's cost consultants, there's investors, there's subs, there's community, you know, outreach agencies from if it's a public job or federal job. So there's going to be a lot of stakeholders on the job, all with a common purpose. So the way you communicate, I think really the people that I saw move into these really leadership positions, if I could point to one thing, it was probably how they communicate um, with everyone, all the stakeholders on the job. I love that because I, I, just in that, I don't think people communicate enough in construction. You can never, my rule of thumb is you can never over communicate because, hey, at least if you over communicate it, everybody knows what, knows what the plan is. If yeah. not, you know, what's the, the result in construction? A lot of money could be lost like really quickly if you don't, you know, communicate with the entire project team about what's going on. So that's, I like that point. You want to be impossible to misunderstand. Yeah. yeah totally. I, I took a class in college that was, um, it was called business writing. And I thought it was like total waste of time. And the guy taught us how to write short, concise business emails, I, which I, I, I leveraged a ton. And I actually wish I would have paid more attention to the class because right. yeah. like it's totally true. Communication in construction and really in life is just key to everything, how well you can communicate. And I do think that plays right into it, especially being a general contractor, but also a subcontractor if you're getting into the trades. You know, the way you communicate with an owner and then you turn around and communicate with an architect and you turn around and communicate with an engineer and then with a, you know, a foreman on the job site or um, you know, whoever or an intern, like you said, uh, it's totally different. And yep. you have to be nimble and be able to adapt because um, really what you're trying to do as a PM is get the most out of people. You're, you're trying to get people onto the job site with the right information at the right time so that they can get their work done and get off the job site. And that's how we all make money in this industry. That's how projects are successful. And so, yeah, I think the number one skill set, I would say, is um, someone who's a good communicator, but also kind of like Greg said, um, you know, someone, someone who wants to take on responsibility and someone who wants to have a little pressure in their job because uh, yeah. it can be pressure packed. You know, I remember when I was fresh out of school, I had an opportunity to, to do this project, super simple project. It was in downtown Oakland and it was a accurate lot and the owner owned it and they wanted to just convert it into an asphalt parking lot that they could charge money for. And, um, we had a, we had a date that they wanted it open for it. A, a professional sports team owned the property okay. and they wanted to use it one night. And I was trying to get the permit. And I didn't know if we were going to be able to open and I had the, had the owner emailing me and I'm like 23 years old. And um, I remember just waiting up, like refreshing my email to see if they'd sent me the, the, the okay email. And, um, 
and yeah so anyways like that was fresh out of school and so but it was fun like it was you know it made you feel like you were um you know responsible and and had a really important job and so um every construction project is like that like if you don't execute your work something is going to fall behind and something is going to get impacted and so i think that's what's what's cool about the industry and what sets people up for uh, being really well-rounded for the, the rest of their life and and i think that's awesome you know i i had a i was talking about my senior pm today and, and we were having a conversation and and basically he was saying you know you, you need to just you need to own your work and it, we were just talking about in general but we were saying a lot of people will use titles as a way of getting out of things and also as a way of like leveraging things he's like if if you're an APM like me, or if you're a PM, you know, you might not be a senior PM, but if you talk like you're one, and if you have that confidence, and if you just go with it and, and deal with people, you know, the right way, respectfully, if you deal with them, uh, or work with them uh, in a way that is, you know, like firm, but fair, as one of their guests said at one point, uh, then they're going to work with you, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to, uh, feel insecure about position. Like you say you were 23 and you're doing that, but you're managing this, this project and you're dealing with the owner and you're dealing with the city and you didn't shy away from it. You just owned it. And you went and you, and you, you know, put the the boots to the pavement in a sense uh, and you got it done. And that's what I love about the, that's the entrepreneurial mindset coming into play. And that's the, the, just the thought process of, I might not know what I'm doing, but I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to do it well. You know, and then I think that's something that everyone coming in can have. Yeah, you reminded me, you know, sometimes I hear on job sites that's above my pay grade. And it was my biggest like pet peeve. But yeah, I was like, come on, guys, let's let's figure this out. Like even if we're waiting on someone else for a decision, let's figure out how do we get the owner involved or you know, the architect involved and let's figure it out and get it done, you know, not defer responsibility to someone yeah. else. So when you said total ownership, you know, that definitely resonates. Yeah, and we to build on that too. <clears throat> that that is like the key to good management is, or, or or the key to really pushing things forward. Like if you really want to push things forward, come to the table with the solution in mind. It's good, and let the experts that you've hired tell you that you're totally wrong. But if you just come to the table and you're like, "Hey, I need you guys to figure out a solution," well, if you're asking your subs, you know, you might have a really good sub who comes up with a fast solution, but it might take them five days, and so. If the solution you happen to come up with is right, yes, and then they can all agree on it and buy into it and sign off on it. Um, and if it's wrong, you've eliminated one thing off the table, and you're one step closer to finding the right solution. And maybe you know it, it sparks something. And you know, we we did uh, we were pretty proactive on managing the BIM and and uh, clash detection process, and that was our philosophy was. You know, we'd be managing the MEP fire sprinkler trades in a model and the architect. And we as the GC would take ownership. We would say, we think this should, we think this is the solution to this problem. We think the plumber should move up in because the gravity line, whatever we wanted to say. Um, and then we'd let them tell us we're wrong and, and work with them on the solution that they did. But if if we left it up to the team, you know, it, yeah. it wouldn't move as fast. And so I think taking ownership and bringing things to the table and being proactive is um, really the key to like kicking ass in, in construction. And that's super good. And it's, you know, like you were just saying, Cameron, it's if you go to someone and you ask them to solve the problem, you're just giving them a problem that they didn't have, you know, at least have one or two solutions that, like you said, 
could be completely wrong, utterly wrong, but at least you put thought into it and you showed that you cared enough to not just give them a problem that they have to solve. And I think anyone doing that in any industry, not just construction, uh, you will you will go very far that way because people love people that solve problems for them at least, you know, and doesn't pass it down the line. And exactly what Extractor does, right? Y'all help solve that problem, and y'all help anyone be able to have that so the solution to it, you know, and, and not pass that problem down the line in the email and then put it on someone else and say, hey, did you get this? Did you figure that out yet? Do you know what this cost is? Uh, and and I love that that's what y'all kind of saw going forward. It, but going towards our last question you know, you've both been in the industry for, for a while and, and you've done a lot of really cool things, honestly. I mean, really super cool things, but you've had all these experiences that have accumulated to where you are now. You know, what's something that you'd go back and tell your 20-year-old self with the knowledge and wisdom that you know now? Cameron, I'll let you take that one first. <laughs> <laughs> go back and tell my 20-year-old self. Um, you know, I, I, I will say, you know, it's, it's not like I, you know, us in construction, it's not like we're picking the easiest path, right? It's not an easy industry to work in. Um, you, you know, it's, it's a challenge. Construction projects are a grind. Um, but to be honest, you know, I wouldn't really trade that for the world. I mean, when I got hired in 2009, it wasn't exactly the best market to get hired into construction. And so um, I was really excited. I, I had a job and um, got to work with some amazing clients and, build the vision, you know, that, that became extractor. And, um, you know, from a timing perspective, I think we launched the company probably about the right time too. I think the industry was ready for you know, this, this problem has been surfacing and causing frustration. So, um, I I'm super happy with where I'm at. So if, if I had to change anything, I'm not sure how much I would change. If I had to give myself advice, um, there's probably a ton of personal things I would change, but, uh, <laughs> I don't know if they're related to, uh, you know, the laying foundations podcast, but, um, I don't know. Anything. Greg, what do you got? Maybe you got a better answer than <laughs> we'll I We'll take anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think advice I would give my 20 year old self is, is be very clear about the bigger picture. Um, good. you know, you, I look back on these jobs in my twenties and how stressed I was and different things. And like looking back five, 10 years later, it's, it's like, the relationships that came out of those jobs, you know, I'm still very close. Uh, several were in my wedding, um, you know, very close family. We have kids together, you know, our kids play together now. So I think really knowing, you know, what you want to be uh, and the big picture, uh, even change orders, you know, you're in this heated battle with change orders, but like at the big picture, like look at the relationship between you yeah. and the sub or you and the owner and what's, what's the impact going to be of that and the, and the overall picture. So I think taking a step back and, and realizing the big picture of what you want in your career. Also, like if I could go back, I'd probably, you know, if you're building the side hustle or, or doing whatever else, um, building the skills to have that or investing in real estate or whatever you want to do outside of, you know, if you want to retire at 40 or whatever you want to do, like having that big picture of what you want in your life, never losing sight of that. Even if you have a 10 hour grind on a job site today, you know, if you're coming, coming home at the end of the night, keep sight of, you know, uh, what you want and don't get caught up in the little things that are going to happen day in and day out on these jobs. Right. If I could, walk, well, I haven't answered this before, but um, if I can answer it, I would tell myself, man, don't be afraid to ask a question. I, I think I was on the line of, I, I battle still 
do I have to have it all figured out or can I just ask a question and help? Because like, Walker, you're excellent at figuring it out and here's three solutions to it. I'm terrible at that. I just go ask questions and then find out what the answer is and then fix it. And so it's like this battle I always walk between of, do I just ask a question and get it help figured out or do I help you know bring the solution along? And so I think I would just tell myself, don't be afraid just me personally, to ask a question because my thoughts were always like, man, you're an idiot. You can't figure it out. You're stupid. Like, I mean, just such bad thoughts when it's just like, dude, you're 20 years old. You don't even know how to, you can't even frame a wall. Like you still have so much experience in, in construction to even know how to answer these questions. So just give yourself a little bit of grace. And so that's what I would tell myself. I don't know why I really answered that, but I just put it out there. So no, it's, it's a really good, it's a really good piece of advice for young people. I, I was lucky when I was working for that wood framing company in Sacramento, the uh, guy that I reported to, uh, apprentice for it, he, he, I had the same problem. He would like ask me some, he would ask me to do something and, or explain something to me. I'd be like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like I got it. You know? And I had no clue what he just told me. <laughs> and like after the second or third time, or maybe the 10th time of doing that, he stopped me and he's like, look, if I tell you to do something and you don't understand it and you tell me you understand it, that's like 10 times worse than saying you don't understand it. And, yep. and he's like, you know, especially when we're dealing with an active construction site, like we get hurt. And um, so that, that was really like sage advice is like, and spot on is like, don't be afraid to ask questions. You're not going to learn if you don't ask questions. And I would always yep. encourage, you know, project engineers I was working with or field engineers to, to ask questions. I would always caveat it though with, because I, I would always start with my projects with new project engineers telling them to ask questions because it's really, it's a spot on point. And yeah. I would, I, maybe I would over encourage it and then he'd ask me like a ton of questions. And then I'd always caveat with, did you Google it? Because you should start with <laughs> Google. So you have like some understanding of like the detail you're looking at or like yeah. what this acronym means. Like you can, you can figure it out, but, but, but I appreciate you asking the question. Um, but the, to Greg's point too, Greg, you, you sparked in me like, I was lucky enough when we started X Tracker that our early customers were relationships that I built, you know, over my 10 year career in, in the Bay area doing construction, but I would have done more. You know, I would have, I would have tried to build more relationships over that time. And, um, cause you really just never know what a relationship is going to turn it into. And when you're young, it seems, it seems like, sorry, I'm like losing my voice. And when, when you're young, it like, <laughs> It, it feels like everything's like a spot in time, but you realize like this industry, especially is small yeah, and for sure. Um, you never know who you're going to cross paths with in the future and when it might be a huge business opportunity or whatever it is. And so um, that's, what's fun about our industry too, is like building a relationship is usually fun in the industry. You can go play golf or you can go, you know, do whatever. Um, it's a great way to connect and, and not get so stressed out. That's awesome. Greg and Cameron. Seriously, truly appreciate you having having you guys on here and, and taking the time to be on here. Uh, real quick before you go, you know, how can our listeners find out more about you? Uh, how can they find out more about X Tracker? What would you want them to know about it? Yeah, I mean, just um, go to our website, connect with us on LinkedIn. Um, I, I'm not on Twitter. I don't know if Greg is, <laughs> but uh, connect with us on on one of those platforms. And Greg, Greg is our sales guru. Um, but I wouldn't even think of it as sales. I would really think of it as, you know, if you deal with this challenge, come talk to us and just let us yeah. compare our solution and our workflow to how you guys are are doing things today. Um, you know, we work alongside of most of the major software platforms in the industry. So Procore, CMIC, Viewpoint, 
Um, you know, typically your your internal financial software, you know, you're trying to get the right data in there as fast as possible, and that's really what we're there for is to help help teams do that. And um, so I would say, you know, just give us a chance to compare your current process to what we're doing, and you might learn something new, or you might realize how much value we can unlock for not only the team, but the trade partner, or not only the trade partner, but the GC as well. Yeah, awesome. And what's cool is a lot of times we start on the operations level, right? A, a sub will use our software and they share it with the GC, and the GC gets curious, like, what's this live log? Oh, it makes my life easier. Now I don't have to ask you to send me an updated log every month. So yeah. the network effect has been really cool to see you know, the mutual challenge that we're solving from the sub and GC side. So, yeah, if you're if your subs are sending you emails with change orders, give us a ring. And, um, you know, that's why we built the product. Uh, if you walk around the trailer and there's a stack of TNM tags sitting there, you know, it's a problem that we live and we're trying to help solve. So. Love it. Guys, thank you so much. I would truly appreciate it. Yeah, it was great. yeah, we enjoyed it. Thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast today. We cannot tell you how thankful we are for every single one of our listeners. And we genuinely want to know and learn about you a little bit more. So if you're interested, uh, maybe sending us a question or just saying, hey, or wanted to talk to us a little bit, please reach out to us at contact at laying-foundations.com. If you you didn't hear that, didn't understand it, you can go in our show notes and just click on the link and write us an email. Please, we would absolutely love to hear from you. Seriously, me and Davis get excited every single time we get an email from one of our listeners. It, it, It genuinely makes our day. But if you want to find out a little bit more about us uh, via social media, Davis is going to tell you a little bit how to do that. Yeah, thanks, Walker. Guys, like Walker said, reach out to us any way you can. We appreciate feedback, whether you like it or not. You know, it helps us grow in any way. We're welcome. We're, we're here to listen. And whenever you guys tell us, we're going to try to implement that into our strategy. But how to get in contact with us on social media. We have a LinkedIn account called the Lang Foundations Podcast. We have... Uh, Walker, Walker Lots LinkedIn profile. We have Davis Hambrick LinkedIn profile. We have a TikTok page called Lang Dot Foundations. We have an Instagram page, Lang Foundations. And then, you know, that's where we're at. These are all down in the in the show notes. But guys, we just want to put this out there and however you want to get in contact with us, we're 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 imploring you, please just reach out to us. We'll respond, we'll get back to you. And we want to hear from you. That that you're the reason, one of the reasons why we're doing this. We want to hear from you. We want to hear feedback. How can we grow and how can we get better? Because like we said before, um, receiving accountability and receiving feedback is one of our core values, and that defines Walker and I at our core. We want to hear your feedback. And we want to be be held accountable.